Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back, everyone. And you heard the man. Make sure you are subscribed to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, J-A-K-I-B Media, so you don't miss any of the content we're putting out on the YouTube page, including plenty of our conversations that we have every night right here with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Uh, It's that time now tonight after the weekend. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com is where you can find all of his written work and host of Extending the Play right here on 1490 every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11. All right, let's bring John into the conversation now. We have plenty to get to, not a surprise, just like every single night. It's always something new, something exciting, another twist and turn in the Philadelphia Eagles, never-ending book, movie, whatever you want to call it. John, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, There's a lot happening. I mean, last time we spoke Friday night here for our nightly segment, we had some breaking news live in our conversation. uh, And that was positive news. It was it was refreshing for both of us, John. Uh, Howie Roseman and the Eagles front office, they get a nice deal done bringing in Harris, the safety on a very cost effective deal, one uh, one year, five million, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So that was a good start to the weekend. And I know we have more to get to, but let's just, you know, put a bow on on that particular transaction, if you will, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles that got the weekend started. Yeah, I I mean, I I don't know how you could look at that move and and be angry with it. But, of course, we are in Philadelphia, so there are fans nitpicking. (laughs) I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I guess it's because Howie Roseman and how he's not, uh, obviously, in the good grade uh, of the fan base. But you got to give credit where credit is due. I I just think, you know, if you rewind 12 months, this is a a player that probably would have gotten – um, you know, eight figures uh, on the open market would have been in the $10 million range uh, in the Vikings. And he was because the Vikings franchised him. So he made that much money. But the thought was he would get that much on, on multiple uh, in multiple years. So he went back and uh, the Vikings had a bad year on defense and he was part of that. But Again, if you look at the context and the fact that they lost Daniil Hunter uh, before the season even started, um, Michael Pierce uh, opted out for COVID. Anthony Barr was hurt in week two. They lost Everson Griffin in free agency. So basically what turned uh, what was a top five defense defensive front 
turned into a bottom five defensive front overnight. And what happens when you have no pass rush? Well, the, 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 the secondary is affected. And that's sort of what happened to Anthony Harris. I'm kind of amazed the rest of the NFL didn't figure out that context. The Eagles um, have some valuable intel from the fact that Jonathan Gannon used to coach in Minnesota, their new defensive coordinator. So they know what kind of player he is. Uh, so it's all good. But then, Ryan, I hear, you know, certain, some people saying he's 29, he's going to be 30. Uh, what if he plays well? You're going to have to pay a 31-year-old guy. Um <laughs> It, you know, I mean, it, it's like enjoy the 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 good signing, and and if things work out, things work out. If they don't work out, they don't work out. But this is a this is a prudent signing, and I, I'm always amazed that you know when you talk about rebuilding or transition, that doesn't mean you can't have any veteran players. Right. You have to have veteran players to help the younger players. So I, I think people need to understand that. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Well, rebuild versus retool, this and that. We, you know, we look at the New England Patriots and what they're doing. Belichick, you know, the the leader behind all of those decisions. And they have the money to spend, if you will. And they're, they're, they're spending it. But listen, let's pretend the Eagles did have some money to spend. It doesn't mean you have to spend it. There, there's a million different ways you can go about building a roster uh, in each offseason and you throw in the pandemic and the altered slash adjusted salary cap, which has been lowered from what, like 197 to 182, whatever it was exactly. Um, so this is an example of bringing someone in for a very cheap uh, signing, if you will. This is the reality. And he's a guy that just a couple of years ago was graded at the top of the list for pro football focus. This is a guy that can be a pro bowler. This is a guy that can make an impact. So if the most negative thing is, well, man, what if he plays well and we have to pay him a <laughs> little more? What if, he, what if he plays well? And the, and the ironic part is, you know, a year ago, these same people would have been begging him to pay $10 million a year on multiple years for him. So, um, yeah, it is kind of amusing, uh, uh, you know, but give Howie credit where credit is due. I mean, criticize him when he makes mistakes. This is a very good signing. It makes the Eagles better. Uh, and if you look at, by the way, Ryan, what's going on in the NFC East, Dak Prescott is back in Dallas. C.D. Lamb is there. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. The New York Giants had Kenny Galladay to Sterling Shepard. Uh, the Washington football team adds Curtis Samuel to Terry McLaurin. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know he can chuck it all over the yard. You better get some people in the secondary who can play. And now the Eagles have two. We know they have two, Darius Slay. And, and Anthony Harris, now can they add a third, a Dory Jackson set to be here uh, tonight? We'll see if he makes it down the Jersey Turnpike. The Giants are trying to sign him as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, they got to get better in the secondary. And this guy makes them a lot better in the secondary. So, Dory Jackson, let's go there for a second. He met with the Giants yesterday, did he not? Well, he arrived um, – in, in North Jersey yesterday, Sunday night, um, and, and he's meeting with the Giants today. And you know how these things work out. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting on, on social media. 
you have members of the Giants trying to recruit him there, and you have members of the Eagles, particularly Rodney McLeod and, and Darius Slay, trying to recruit him to Philadelphia. So it is interesting um, to see the the back and forth, and obviously it's it's a rival. It's two NFC East teams going at it for a particular player. He's got a lot of uh, talent, a little bit of a weird situation last year in Tennessee with a knee injury and some people with the Titans thought he could have probably come back before he did. So that's where things went wrong. And you, you got to do your due diligence with that kind of stuff. But one, this, this guy's talented. I mean, this was, I think the 17th or 18th pick in the draft uh, first rounder, same year, the Eagles got Derek Barnett. Uh, This would be a big uh, step forward, at least from a talent standpoint of what the Eagles have been lining up outside. Last year was Avante Maddox, who was just overmatched uh, opposite Darius Slay, and that's when he was in the lineup. He's also hurt a lot. Um, so the Eagles do need a big upgrade, and if they don't get an Adoree Jackson, then you got to start talking about cornerback early in the draft, even at number six overall. Wow. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. I mean, what, what would be the contract just ballpark what type of contract would Adoree be be garnering if the Eagles were to sign him or even just make him an offer well I I mean the Eagles are shopping in the clearance aisle as I always say (laughs) I mean this is phase two of free agency so I I mean he's not going to get the big money deal uh the Giants and that's part of the issue you have even after signing Kenny Galladay they have more to spend um, so, you know, they could probably win it from that aspect. Uh, but it'll, it, it, it'll be interesting. It, it, the Eagles are looking for bargains though. So they're trying to, and I just explained some of that context with Anthony Harris, what went wrong? Why is he only, uh, making $5 million? Same thing with the Dory Jackson, uh, with those Titans. The reason, uh, he had some issues, uh, with the, with the organization, with the coaching staff and that kind of pings your value uh otherwise you know if he was a uh, um entering the fifth year of his rookie deal he he'd be back in tennessee so you always have some issues and that's why these guys are 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 on the market to begin with talking with john mcmullen our nfl eagles insider we do this every night at 7 30 right here on the six monday to friday uh follow john at jf mcmullen phillyvoice.com si.com for all of his written work uh how many how many more harrises are out there how many more adorees are out there john that could be an impossible question to answer um but harris wasn't really on our radar unless um i'm wrong with that you know that was like a i I feel like a needle in a haystack type of find at least from the average fan's perspective but is there more out there um that fits all those those qualifications of a, a player that could be legitimate, meaning borderline pro bowler or legitimate starter and cost effective. Yeah. I mean, there's always value and that's why we, we always go back to 2017 with the Eagles and how many times they hit in that phase two or fancy with one year deals and veteran players, you know, Sammy Watkins is visiting uh, Baltimore um, tomorrow. Um, uh, so, I mean, there's a guy who can play. You've seen him play at a high level in Buffalo and Kansas City. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's where you are. Uh, and 
It's generally guys like Harris who are 29 and 30, not 25 or 26 coming off their first deal. Um, That's the guys who tend to get paid uh, in the NFL, guys who are are young still, uh, not sort of that dirty word, going to turn 30, (laughs) which is a dirty word in this league. And you look forward, you know, you're trying to project guys who are going to uh, hit, you know, take an upside in their career rather than a descent. And then on the other hand, you know, I think people look at an Anthony Harris and say, okay, he's going to be, he's going to be 30 in October, I believe. So if he has a good season and that's where the angst comes in, he's going to be 31 next year. And then you can start to see potentially the descent of a player. And I think that's where people get mixed up and tend to overthink those types of things. But, hey, you got a good player, man. Roll the dice on a good player. Yep. It's, um, you know, it's hard to get good players. Obvious statement. But, you know, I think that, like, even that's overlooked. You know, these fans especially, it's, it's good players aren't just, you know, at a market there and you can just make your selection and that's it. It's it's very challenging, especially with the money and um, retooling over rebuilding, all, all the things that we discuss here nightly. So uh, I want to talk about a couple of. Well, then, uh, but real quick, yeah, Ryan, man. then you get into the compensatory picks and they get all wrangled up in that. And I'm like, don't worry. I blame my buddy Jimmy Kemsky. He does a phenomenal job with that. But he's got everyone in Philadelphia earmarked wor- worrying about compensatory picks. And there's so many hurdles you have to overcome uh and and then you know it, to use harris again as an example if he plays well signs a big money contract elsewhere then you have the segment of the fan base says will you get back a compensatory pick <laughs> and, and it not necessarily compensatory picks mean you have to lose um, more free agents than you gain and they also have to hit a, a certain structure from a salary standpoint. Now, in theory, Harris would, but that means you also can't sign anyone who would cancel him out, so to speak. And that's where they get upset because then you're not signing people with when you have money to sign people. So don't worry about compensatory picks. Worry about finding good good football players yeah let's let's just get the product on the field all right you know let, let everything else uh fall into place or, or deal with it how you need to deal with it uh a, a couple of veterans who are certainly over that you know that curse word in the nfl 30 years of age um <laughs> i'm just gonna throw two names out of you and you pick up the rest here joe flacco and Nick Foles. <laughs> uh, well, in the case of, of Joe Flacco, he's visiting uh, the Eagles on Monday today. Um, and, hey, you know, he, he's from Audubon. He went to Audubon High School in South Jersey. Um, he might have visited the Eagles anyway, just, <laughs> just to stop by. <laughs> he's always around. Uh, I, I, he's I, on a stadium tour. Yeah, I, I think – I, I, to be honest, if you're going about it as Jeffrey Laurie instructed in that ESPN report, which was claimed that the owner said you got to build around Jalen Hurts, I, I think it's a great signing. 
36-year-old guy. He's won a ton in this league. You know, his nickname is Joe Cool because he's unflappable. Um, no one's going to be uh, clamoring for him to start if Jalen Hurts has a bad game. Uh, I think he's a good veteran backup quarterback. Um, whereas Nick Foles, A, you would have to trade for him. So you're giving something up. B, you would have to pay him uh, more uh, unless you're going to wait for Chicago to release him, um, which they may not because they need a competent backup quarterback. Um, and, and, and you have the other aspect where, guess what? If, <laughs> if, if Jalen Hurst performs poorly in a game and Nick Foles is the backup, well, you're going to have all these knuckleheads clamoring for Nick Foles. So that, to me, is the big difference. I, I wouldn't go near Nick Foles for those reasons. Yeah. Um, and I think Joe Flacco would be a good backup quarterback if you want to go in that right direction. But I, I've said from the start, if you want to go in that lorry direction, I should say, which is not necessarily the right direction. And that's what I've said from the start. This all depends on your real evaluation of Jalen Hurts. Do you think, and I'm not talking about Jeffrey Lurie. I'm talking about Andy Weidel. I'm talking about the scouting staff, the personnel staff. Do you think he has a legitimate chance to be a real good player in this league? If you do, it's great. It's all copacetic. Bring Joe Flacco in. If you don't, Man, you got to look at a quarterback at six overall. You just have to. But then that goes back to, and and I agree, by the way, with with Nick Foles, the fact that it's even, once again, a story that has been reported from credible sources confirming that at least that's been talked about. Okay, it shouldn't even be talked about. Like you, you know, you, Jeffrey Lurie, he comes out two weeks ago now from today. Uh, saying no, no quarterback competition, paraphrasing. And okay, and we may disagree with that, at least disagree with coming out and saying that, but that to me is he has a little bit of a finger on the pulse, if you will, on the situation where you don't want this drama stirring up regarding the quarterback in the city of Philadelphia. So Nick Foles, that's the epitome of arguably how this all started. You cannot bring him back in here, even if he's a shell of himself, even at his best, we know he's he's average. He's very inconsistent up and down outside of those two or three games. So it just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. And that would once again be another example, John, of the organization just not getting it from an optics point and how those optics can impact, you know, what they do in between their walls. Yeah, well, I, I'll disagree on one aspect uh, of what you said. Well, a but I'll disagree with the fact that it's not Nick. You know, Nick is not driving this. Nick is. No, I agree. And, and this is this is where the Eagles will talk themselves into it if they do it. They'll say, well, Nick's not going to press the issue. Nick's very happy being a backup quarterback. If we tell Nick his role, he's going to do his role. But you can't control the outside voices. Now, the Eagles will talk themselves into saying, Jalen Hurts doesn't have the same personality as Carson Wentz. He won't let it affect him, which, by the way, I agree with for the most part. Uh, certainly not early on. He will not let it affect him. And, and by that, I'm saying Jalen Hurts. But 
the, the emotional intelligence part of it, to coin another Jeffrey Lurie term, is the outside voice. It's the outside noise, the sports talk radio, the knuckleheads who are going to see Jalen Hurts lose two games in a row, complete 52% of the passes, and say, we got a Super Bowl winner on the sidelines. <laughs> you got to put him in the game. And, and for the Eagles to think they can control that, they're nuts. They can't control it. We, we've we've played that movie. That's a rerun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's a rerun. We we know how that show ends. We know how the movie ends, and it's not going to be. You know, it's and the difference is because Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl winner as well, and he actually did it as a real starting quarterback, not as a a relief pitcher. Um, and but he didn't do it here. And so people are not going to have that connection with them and say he's a Super Bowl winner. Uh, he's won, I think it's 98 games in this league. He's won 10 playoff games. He was once the highest paid quarterback in football. I mean, he was a legitimate star quarterback in this league. Uh, you're not going to have those issues with Joe Flacco. It's interesting. You are going to have those issues with Nick Foles because it happened here. Um, and people don't realize he's Vinny Johnson. He's the relief pitcher. He's the guy, he's not the starting pitcher. He's not the guy who's going to pitch, pitch you deep into the game so you can turn the baseball over to Mariano Rivera. He's just not that guy. He's never been that guy. He's never played a full season in the NFL. Never. <laughs> yeah, he's dealt with a ton of injuries and, um, you know, outside of that, that run, he's what, how many Pro Bowls, maybe a couple Pro Bowls, but outside of that Super Bowl season, it's just been, it's been a roller coaster ride for Flacco, similar to Foles, like you said, but just a little bit higher of a, of a level on the, on the pedigree, if you will, more of a consistent starter throughout his career in the earlier years. Oh, until he tore his ACL, which was uh, 2015. So he got drafted, I'm going to say 2008. He never missed a game. Yep. I, I, I mean, that guy was a, 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 an Iron Man. He, he won. He made the playoffs every year. He had that streak where he won a playoff game for, I think it was six or seven straight seasons. I mean, that, that, that guy was a legitimate star quarterback in this league. A heck of a lot better quarterback than Nick Foles. I hate to break it to people. Yep. And, you know, you said something a few minutes ago that you and I have talked plenty about. But I, I do want to bring it back up because I think I may have changed my outlook on it a little bit. I mentioned earlier in the conversation, Jeffrey Laurie and his comments. It was actually two weeks ago from today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, two Mondays ago, where he says no quarterback competition, essentially. And, and both of us agreed it was ridiculous. But for me, and you acknowledge this too, it was more of just why come out and say that we're not necessarily crushing and criticizing the thought. And like, if the Eagles don't get Joe Flacco, if they don't hopefully get Nick Foles, you know, I don't know if they, they should do their due, uh, due diligence, John, but I don't know if the answer is bringing in a quarterback at six because one thing I, I think we can both agree on is we, they don't know what they have in Jalen Hurts. So picking someone at quarterback with the six overall pick, how do you assess that situation fast enough? And then here we are again, drama, distraction. 
um, from the media and the fans throughout the entire year. If you have a, a top six draft pick, a quarterback alongside your un, your unknown commodity in Jalen Hurts, I think that's a disaster that could derail things, you know, even more. Well, I, I, I think it can. But, I, I mean, you have to trust your evaluation, and that's the whole point. I, it, you know, it's hard for me. And first of all, I, I don't even think, I mean, Justin Fields is the one guy I've centered on because I said, if he's there at six, I, I have to take him. I just have to take him. Um, but I don't think he's going to be there at six. So I, I don't think the Eagles have to concern themselves with that too much. Um, but I, I do think, look, you, you, you understand you do this every year. If you're Andy Weidel, uh, you know, one guy, and I go back to Daniel Jeremiah when he talked to uh, us reporters on his recent conference call. Look, the guy's just got a much higher ceiling as a player. And directly talking about Justin Fields uh, versus Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance, for that matter, as well. He was talking about both of those players. They just have much higher ceilings as players. Now, in the case of Lance, he, he might be a boomer bust guy. He might have a lower floor than Jalen Hurts. In other words, he could, if, if things don't go right for him, uh, it could get real bad. But when you just look at their skill sets, their abilities, what they can do on the football field, those guys are just different level of prospects than Jalen Hurts. And, and, and the Eagles know that they know that. And that's not a criticism of Jalen Hurts. Right. But I, <laughs> You know, it's interesting, and, and I get what you're saying. Jalen Hurts is the 53rd overall pick, but, I mean, he's a guy that was on the Heisman level at the highest level of college football. And this is a guy that does have four games of NFL experience. And, yes, I know his numbers were, were not great at all by any stretch. But I think we can all agree that there's promise in what we saw uh, in some of those game films th- towards the end of the season last year. So it's – they are in a tough spot. Like if you look at it from just a scouting perspective, pre-draft process, yeah, he, he's not on that level. He being Jalen Hurts, but that doesn't mean you don't have something. If that all makes sense, no, it certainly does. And people bring up Tom Brady at one ninety nine. They'll bring up Russell Wilson as a third round pick. It's not like it never happens yeah. for guys to develop into uh, star players. But you know, statistically, analytically, it doesn't happen a lot. The one positive I, I've consistently said about Jalen Hurts, uh, and the Eagles pumped out a tweet again today showing him working. He's constantly working to get better. I love that. I love the work ethic. I criticize Carson Wentz for not doing a whole heck of a lot during the pandemic. Now, he was working out like a madman. You saw Carson come back. He was in great shape, but he was doing all this by himself. You know, Jalen is working with his personal quarterback tutor, Quincy Avery. He's working with teammates. He's he's not trying to get his body better. He's getting his body better, but he's trying to do the other things as well, create the chemistry with Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, et cetera, uh, improve his mechanics, improve his footwork uh, with the coaching. That That's the thing I'm most impressed with and most – optimistic john mcmullen our nfl eagles insider we do this every night 7 30 
uh, on the fix. Make sure you subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. If you miss any of our conversations throughout the week, Monday to Friday every week, just head on over to the YouTube channel. You can catch it there, as well as plenty of content from John from Extending the Play, Birds 365 coming here. Uh, down the pipeline, as well as plenty of content from the guys on the middle, Aton, Harry, Barrett, Brooks, and of course, follow John at JF McMullen. All right, John, um, we'll have to get more into this tomorrow. We'll have to see what happens with Adore and uh, everything else surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles. Still looking for a backup or a starter at quarterback, who knows, but we'll discuss it every night at 730 right here on The Fix. Thanks, John. Thanks, Ron. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.